Welcome to the Christ Community Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message, that it draws you closer to Jesus and helps you become more like Him. Good morning, God. Thank you. Thank you for calling us together, even through this digital medium, even online or on video or however people are engaging this morning. I pray for a special blessing over everyone who's tuned in here, over their friends, over their families, over our world, Lord. I pray that you would spread your grace out and that you would use us to do it. Lord, make us your messengers. Equip us as your followers to love our neighbors well. And God, this morning as we open the scripture and we learn more about prayer and how to pray and what to pray and how you've called us and taught us to pray, Jesus, I pray that you'd open our hearts, open our minds, that your word would reside deep within us. But it wouldn't just stay there, Lord, that it would well up into action, that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so this morning, Lord, bless your word, bless this message that is going out to all of our people. And Lord, give us a deep, deep desire to pray more. God, we do lift up to you those in our community who are suffering, those who are struggling right now, who are sick. We have a few people in the hospital who are, Lord, uh, just being treated and trying to figure out what's going on. We've got a couple people who've had surgeries. We've got COVID cases and God, just the other kind of gunk that runs around this season. And so we pray for swift healing for all of them, for contentment and for comfort in the midst of our trial and our struggle. And Lord, we pray for our world, for peace, for an end to this pandemic, uh, for provision for those who are lacking. And I pray, Lord, that as we look out at our neighbors and we look out at the brokenness of our community, you would move us, Lord, to reach out and to be your hands and feet, to speak your truth, to do your will, to love as you have loved. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's jump right into Scripture this morning. We're in Matthew chapter 6. And we're looking today specifically at the second half of verse 11. So I'm going to read beginning at the beginning of chapter 6, right through verse 11. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And that's our phrase today. Give us today our daily bread. What is Jesus praying for there? What is he calling us to pray for when he teaches us to pray for our daily bread? Now, we live in a world where most of us don't have to worry about daily bread. Most of us don't have to worry about daily food, daily provision. I'm sure a lot of us on both sides of this screen right now have stocked refrigerators or stocked cupboards or stocked pantries. If you don't, by the way, reach out to us. We want to help and we want to serve and love you in that way. We want to make sure that you're provided for. But most of us in this community don't have to worry about daily bread. So what does it mean for us? Right? Is this something that we should just cut out of the prayer? Like, oh, I don't, that's covered. I don't need it. I don't need daily bread. I've got bread. I've got soup. I've got other things in my cupboards. What is Jesus really pointing us to here? You see, in the, in the world in which we live, it's really hard to imagine the kind of daily dependence on God that so much of the rest of the world has to live in even right now. 
So much of our world lives hungry. So much of the world in which we live right now is daily dependent upon some provision from God that they can't give for themselves. So many live on pennies a day, less than a dollar a day. So many can't put food on their tables. They truly must rely on God for daily bread. And when we look back at the history, at the time in which Jesus lived, that was the kind of world he was living in, where people were reliant upon God for their daily bread. Now, this word daily bread, this phrase daily bread, refers to the fact that in the day and time, you would bake bread for yourself every day. You bake bread in the morning, and then that's what you consume throughout the day. And so you literally had daily bread. You'd have flour, you'd have oil, you'd fry up your bread in the morning, and then you'd eat it throughout the day. And at the end of the day, you didn't have any left. And the next morning, you'd bake more. Now, part of this is largely because things just didn't keep in that world. They didn't have refrigerators, right? Things didn't keep the same way that they do now. There weren't preservatives in their food. Uh, and so you would, you would have to prepare bread for yourself every day. But there's a deeper meaning to this idea of daily bread that Jesus is getting at. And it goes back to the original story of Israel's foundation, of the, the beginning of the very nation of Israel, back in the Exodus. So the children of Abraham, way back in Genesis 12, they grew up and, and Abraham had Isaac and Isaac had Jacob, and then the 12 sons of Jacob went to live in Egypt because there was a famine in their own land. And when they went to live in Egypt, they stayed there, and their descendants grew up in Egypt. And for 400 years, the children of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob grew up in Egypt. They lived there, and they made their homes there, and eventually they became enslaved there, and they became the workforce for the uh, Egyptian people. And so, Along comes a guy named Moses who God calls out. Moses grows up. He's a Hebrew. He's a Jewish kid, but he grows up in the Pharaoh's palace. And so God calls on Moses, the son of Pharaoh, but the son of Yahweh, the son of, of Israel. And God says, Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. We, we know the story of the Exodus, I hope. And so Moses rises up and he leads the people out of Egypt. Only when he does they find that, that they've, they've crossed out of Egypt and they've gone across the Red Sea and now they're in the Sinai Peninsula and they're wandering around and they don't have food. <laughs> there are too many of them and the food that they brought with them isn't going to last. And so they're going to have to wander in this wilderness. They've got to find something to eat. And so they grumble to Moses and they, they complain to Moses, we don't have food, we need food. And I mean, this is a legitimate complaint, right? If you don't have food, you're not going to watch your children die. And a number of them begin to complain, like, it was better to be a slave in Egypt and at least be able to eat than it is to be out here in the wilderness, in the desert, wandering with nothing. And so God speaks to Moses and says, tell the people that they will have quail and bread in the morning. And Moses says, okay. So he goes and tells the people, hey, in the morning, there'll be bread. When you wake up and you open your tent, you'll look out and there'll be bread outside and there'll be quail for you. And so the people uh, do this, they, they go to bed, they wake up and they come out in the morning and they open their tent flaps and on the ground spread like dew is this white grainy stuff. The Bible says it looked like coriander seed. And so it's white and it's just laying on the ground and the people are supposed to go out and collect only what they would need for that day. 
So they go out, they collect this stuff, they make it into bread. And the people, when they go out and they look at it, they're confused because it doesn't look like bread to them. It doesn't really look like much of anything. And so they point at it and they say, what's that? And that becomes its name. In Hebrew, the word manna literally means what's that or what is it? And so that became the name for it. What is this? We don't know, but it's from heaven and it's providing us our daily bread. Now, God had told Moses and Moses had told the people, only get what you need for the day, because if you keep any into the next day, you'll find that it's infested with maggots and it's gone bad and it's rancid and you can't eat it, except on the day before the Sabbath. On the day before the Sabbath, collect twice as much so that on the Sabbath, you don't have to go out and collect and that will last two days. So every day, get only what you need for that day, except on the Sabbath and then get enough to cover the Sabbath, and that's what you'll get. And that's how God fed his people in the wilderness, in the desert. As they wandered around for 40 years, God provided daily bread for his people. He provided water from rocks. He provided quail for meat and daily bread. And that's what Jesus is pointing us to. This provision of God for his people in the desert. When they were on the brink, when they were on the edge and thought there was no hope, they were going to die, they were going to lose it all, God provided daily bread. And that's the attitude that we are to live with. That's the attitude Jesus is calling us to here in this prayer. To pray to God for our daily bread. To remember who we owe all of our gratitude to to God who provides daily bread. It's a reminder that as hard as we work and as much as we work to provide for ourselves and as much as that's a biblical idea, it is biblical to work and to earn what we get. We still recognize that the source of all good things that we receive is from God. If I get things by the work of my hand, who gave me the strength to work? If I get things by the, by the smarts of my brain, who gave me the intelligence? Whose intelligence am I modeled after to even be able to use my mind? If I gain things by the, by the work of my mouth, by the way that I talk, who gave me the ability to craft words together? However we earn our living, we owe all of our gratitude to God for the ability to earn our living in the first place. And Jesus is pointing us to that gratitude, to remember that we live in daily dependence upon God, something that in our world is nearly impossible to remember, where we have so much provided for us, where so much is right at our hands, where we have so many conveniences and life is relatively easy for us, especially compared to the life of the followers of Jesus. And so we have to work extra hard to remind ourselves that everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have is from his hand. Therefore, everything we have is at his disposal. And so remembering to pray for our daily bread first roots us in deep gratitude to the God who gives us everything, even the things we've earned by the work of our hands. Secondly, though, This prayer reminds us that the Christian life, the life of following Jesus, the life of dependence on God is not one of excess. It's not one of extravagance. We are praying for daily bread. 
Daily being the reminder that we are dependent upon God every day for everything we get. And bread, reminding us that we are dependent on God for our necessities. We're not praying for absolutely anything that pops into our head. We're not praying for absolutely anything that we want. We're praying for the necessities that I need to be able to live a God-honoring life. And again, we live in a world where excess is the name of the game, where extravagance is the name of the game, where we live in big houses, some of us, where we have expensive cars, where we use our expensive phones to buy expensive things, or less, not even expensive things, just stuff we don't need, where we are tempted every day, every moment of the day, to spend money on stuff that we don't need. These aren't necessities. These aren't bread for us. We are all the time being tempted by the world and by our own hearts to invest in stuff that, that means really nothing in the end. It doesn't bring us closer to God. It doesn't bring us closer to one another. It doesn't really enrich our lives. It's just stuff. We just got a dumpster outside my house. It's sitting outside in the driveway right now because I'm doing some work on the basement and we had to tear out some drop ceiling and stuff like that. But when we got the dumpster, we said, you know, we probably need to purge a lot of stuff. There's probably a lot of stuff just sitting around our house that's not being used that isn't really any good for anybody else either. Like we can't donate it or, or nobody would find any value in it. So we, we probably just need to get rid of it. And as we're walking around our house and we're looking at things, we're realizing, oh my gosh, how much stuff over the years have we acquired that we don't use and that isn't used to anybody else? It's a testament to the excess of our world. And yet I have many friends and family who would walk into my home or who would observe my life and say, well, you guys really do live pretty simply. You don't live extravagantly. And yet when we walk through our house, we see the evidence of the extravagance of our culture and our world. It's, it's the air we breathe. It's the culture in which we live. So this prayer roots us in gratitude to the God on whom we are dependent. And this prayer also roots us in seeking the necessities from God. In seeking the things that we need, it helps us to cut through the excess and extravagance of our world and say, God, what do I really need? What do I really need right now? So that once my needs are met, the rest of the things that you've placed in my hands, the rest of the stuff that you have given me to steward, I can use for the benefit of others. I can use for your glory. And so this prayer, this Prayer for daily bread roots us deeply in gratitude to the God on whom we depend for the very breath that we breathe. And it roots us in the idea that we don't need nearly as much as we think we do. We are after the necessities of life so that we can serve God with a clear conscience and so we can serve one another. If God has given us more than we need, it's so we can meet the needs of others. That's the idea behind this prayer. God, give me daily bread so that I can be grateful to you and give away that which I don't need. It causes us to look inward. Now we could listen to this and we could get really guilty about ourselves. 
We could, especially as 21st century Americans, we could listen to this message and I could beat you over the head and beat myself over the head and say, all that stuff that's in my house that we need to get rid of, man, that was so sinful, so wrong, and I just want to beat myself up and God, I'm not good enough. And, and I could go down that rabbit hole and I could feel guilt and shame until I remember where my righteousness rests until I remember the real bread from heaven. You see, there's, there's one more dimension to this prayer. When we pray for daily bread as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and this is something only followers of Jesus can pray. When we pray for daily bread, We're rooting ourselves in gratitude to the God we're dependent on. We're reminding ourselves to seek the necessities of life, not extravagancies. But most importantly, we are praying for God to give us that daily dose of grace. We're praying for God to give us that daily dose of his gospel to remind us of who we are in Jesus and who he is for us. You see, John chapter 6, Jesus is talking to a group of people, primarily to his, his apostles, his disciples. And he says to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread from heaven. It's there that we turn. It's to the eternal bread of life. It's to Jesus, the bread from heaven. You see, we can pray for daily bread here on earth, but that will sustain our bodies. And that's important. We have to sustain our bodies. And so we we pray for the bread that we eat that keeps us sustained. But that only lasts so long. For the 60, 70, 80, 90 years that we're on this earth, however long it is, the daily bread that comes in the form of baked loaves can only sustain this body, can only sustain the physical body. But the bread from heaven, Jesus Christ, the bread of life, gives us eternal life. He is the one who secures our place with God. He is the one who comes to us and doesn't bash us over the head for the extravagancies of our life, for forgetting to be grateful to God. He's the one who comes to us and says, even in your sinfulness, even when you weren't grateful to God, even when you thought you were self-made, even when you refused to thank God, even when you saw all the extravagancies of the world and you were looking for stuff way beyond your daily bread, even then I have come to you as the bread from heaven, as the bread of life, to give you new life, to forgive you your sin, and to make you one with me. It's only through Jesus that we gain eternal life. It's only through Jesus that we gain freedom from the constraints of the world and from our sin. It's only through Jesus that we can truly turn in gratitude to God and seek that which is necessary for us and be generous with everything else. Only through Christ do we have those resources. Only through Jesus do we gain eternal life. And so when we pray for daily bread, we are praying for the physical stuff that we eat that sustains and nourishes our body. But more importantly, we are praying for the daily bread from heaven, for the grace of God poured out to us in Jesus Christ that gives us eternal life. That's what we're praying for. And so this week, as you pray, As you continue to pray the Lord's Prayer as you're prompted to, pray the Lord's Prayer every morning. Continue that practice. Pray it every morning before you do anything else. And then throughout the day, as you're prompted, just pray the Lord's Prayer. 
as you're doing that, remember to pray for your daily bread. Pray for the daily bread that comes from the hand of God. Daily provision for your needs. Daily gratitude to the God who has given everything for you. And daily receiving the grace of God in Jesus Christ. The grace of God that forgives us our sins. That assures us of what we need and of who we are. The grace of God that says, you are beloved. You are mine. Lord, would you give us daily bread? Father, would you give us daily bread? That which sustains our bodies and that which sustains our souls. Would you give us gratitude? for, Lord, your provision in our lives? Would you give us, Lord, hearts that yearn for the necessities of life so that we can be radically generous with the excesses that we have? Would you give us, Lord, the wherewithal and the courage to stand opposed to a culture of excess and say, I choose to live simply so that I can be generous as God has been generous to me? And God, would you daily pour out your generous grace on us through Jesus Christ and through your Holy Spirit, reminding us of who we are, freeing us from the shackles of sin, and helping us to walk forward into a world where, Lord, daily bread is the norm, where, Lord, we are generous to our neighbors and no one has to wonder where my next meal is coming from. God, move us as your people to not only be recipients of daily bread, but be, to be providers of daily bread, just as you have provided us with our bread, and most importantly, with the bread from heaven, which gives us eternal life, forgiveness of sin, and adoption into your family. And it is in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. For more information on Christ Community Church in Southeast Denver, visit ChristCommunityDenver.org.